Right, all right. Wanted to do a little meat recap from my January 15th meat. It was drug tested, USPA. Um, the goal was to qualify for nationals. Went and smacked that total out of the water. Um, really excited to move on and, and go forth. Um, but I wanted to share with you all my journey because it wasn't a typical one. And I think that almost everyone will, will relate because what even is like a typical prep, right? Everything is different. Everyone's different. Um, but this one was like, especially not typical for myself. Um, especially it being my fifth or sixth meet. Um, it just, uh, did all of the weeks leading up were, were not the same. Every time I've signed up for a meet, I've signed up like greater than 12 weeks out and, you know, really set myself up with pepper preparation and being able to just prepare myself into that meet. This one, I decided to sign up six weeks out. It's, um, it's been my goal to go to nationals. A few of the things that have been making me hesitate are some of the things that I disagree with. Um, for this federation, especially with all that's come out on the internet now. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, um, go ahead and visit Goob, U2, Goob underscore U2. Uh, he has shared a bit of information. And that's not all federations. So, like, not all of USPA is bad. They shouldn't, that shouldn't, like, reflect on everyone. Um, and those aren't any issues I've had to, to handle or or deal with my issues are more along the lines of um, creating a, a competitive environment if that's the goal for that federation. Their drug testing protocols are not ideal um, and leave a lot to be desired in terms of covering, you know, some of the gaps that are in it. Um, some of those gaps really truly just allow for things to slip through the cat cracks and, and for people to utilize, um, drugs in the off season and then go ahead and, um, get off them to be clean for testing. The other thing is, is their testing doesn't, doesn't even touch, uh, like even close to being in competitive in nature. Like... They're never going to test, they don't test the top athlete at each meet. They don't test the top three. They don't test the podium. They might at nationals. Um, I'm, you know, going to claim ignorance there. But at each of these meets, they only test one random person out of the top 10% or top 10. And, and that's my, that's what I was told at this last one. Um, and that just doesn't seem appropriate to me and I think it's by Wilkes score but that just doesn't seem uh like a very competitive way to be drug testing or even just like an honest way it's uh it seems more along the lines of leaning towards an honor code than anything else um but excited to go nonetheless um done trash talking I'm actually pretty excited something I've wanted to do but again those things just like made me hesitate a little bit um and you know maybe that was a little bit of fear because going to nationals puts you in the spotlight um but I think 
I think that'll be good. Uh, a for me personally and um, for me as a business as well, um, as a coach, to be able to show my skills and, and kind of have them all out there on that platform. Um, obviously can do good things for your business. Uh, there can be some cons there as well. So, um, you know, just gonna take the next six months to train and keep my mindset right um, and just, be ready to have fun because I think that was my theme for this last meet was I, I kind of just took the mask off and I had some fun. Um, I went in with some pretty low expectations and I think that helped me to have fun in the first place. Um, there were obviously, of course, some nerves. I've, I've always had some, some heavy nerves when it comes to competing, especially in that first squat. But, um, yeah, it was good nonetheless. So, signed up for this meet six weeks out. Weighed about 151 to 152-ish in the morning. Um, now, signing up for a meet six weeks out is not something I would recommend to everyone. Uh, like I said before, it's I've signed up for meets, you know, more than 12 weeks out. So, that I was well prepared. I have been training, you know, um, nonstop for years. I, with the exception of like going on my honeymoon is the only time I've taken two weeks off from being in a gym, uh, three to four days a week. Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. So if you are thinking about signing up for a meet six weeks out, um, feel free to pop in my DMS, do whatever you need to do. Um, reach out and let's chat about your options. Um, because if you're just starting out, I would not recommend that you jump into a meet six weeks out. That is, uh, not going to be ideal. It also will depend on your history too. Maybe you've been training like a powerlifter for years on end and you're just actually deciding to jump into a meet, but you're like a very efficient squat bench and deadlifter and you just, it's just a matter of peaking. Like that's plenty of time. Um, but the, the truth is the, the more experience you get the longer your peak's gonna have to probably be because it's uh, it's gonna take, a, especially like a, a strength plus a peak, like it's gonna take longer for you to build into those higher weights, especially if you've been in an off season deep. Um, and I was, I was doing eights and tens for most of my big lifts. So transitioning into fours and triples was a bit of a shell shock to the system. And um, I think that kind of started a bit of a snowball effect. So. If I were to look back and do this all again, I probably wouldn't make this decision. I probably would find a meet later on that would also qualify me um, in time for signups for nationals. But we made the decision and we made it out alive and actually got some pretty good outcomes. So I'm gonna continue to, to share my journey along the way. Like I said, I, I prep started great. I transitioned from heavy hypertrophy phase to, or a power building phase. So again, more sixes, eights, and tens. Um, the sixes obviously aren't so bad to transition down to fours and threes, but um, it was, again, like I said, a bit of a shell shock to my system. So um, around five weeks out, like one week in, I was playing with the knee sleeves again and I went to pull my knee sleeve off. I was I hooked my thumb down and in the knee sleeve and, and I usually just fold it down like that. Um, but I 
don't know if I wasn't paying attention. I don't know if I was lacking some tension in my hand. I had bent my thumb back and sprained my thumb. Um, and I just like kept irritating it, um, through various motions that weren't lifting. So I kept lifting and made sure I, I kept an eye out for it. I think the worst part about it was, um, benching and like the original, just the like first instance of the bar sitting in my hands. That was probably the worst. Um, but that pain started to diminish over time. Although I, I did continue to like keep irritating it a few times. Um, so that kind of sucked a little bit, but that was, that was like, you know, oh, what am I getting myself into? Here we go. What was I thinking? Um, and here's where, you know, doubt started creeping in and I was like, you just got a total, a qualifying number. Like, it doesn't matter. You can show up to this meet with a bum leg and like just hit the qualifying total. That's all you got to do, Amber. And, um, yeah, prep went on. Weight started going down a little bit. I think I ended up down, um, you know, uh, maybe around 150. Um, hit 350 for a double in deadlift, which was a PR. My last phase, I hit 345 for a double. So I was freaking stoked about that. Um, go home the next day, not feeling very well. Ended up testing positive for COVID. And we are about four weeks out at this point. I ended up only taking one session off. So that was my third session of the week. I ended up taking that fourth session off and being able to cram the rest of my workouts in at the end of that next week because it was a deload. So like, thankfully that deload came at the right time. However, I did miss my big bench session. So that was another, you know, little wrench in the plan and definitely didn't help. Again, like I said, that anxiety and you know, the, the doubt creeping in about like, did we make the right decision? Like I knew, I knew that I would lecture one of my clients for doing this. So I was just like going over what I would have said to my clients in my head, um, probably much harsher than I would have said to my clients, but it was like, bozo. You, what were we thinking here? Um, so it, was, it felt like, like things were piling up, but as some of you might know, um, I wasn't going to let that stop me. And, um, sometimes I like to keep it inside a little bit and I think that worries some people, but, um, it's kind of how I manage things and it's, it seemed to work out well. I shared what I needed to with who I needed to, and I had a good support system getting me through. Um, so I started to stay really quiet. Uh, about this meet. I didn't really want to share with anybody that I was competing. I wanted to just kind of go in and do this on my own. Um, I wanted to, I, quite honestly, if I only went in and, and hit what I needed to qualify, uh, I would have been embarrassed to have anyone there. Um, and that's like my genuine feeling. Um, and so I, I just kept it quiet. I kept it quiet. I didn't tell anyone. And so all these people are asking like, Oh, you're competing. You didn't tell me. And I was like, yeah, I, haven't really felt great. Hasn't felt great. I'm going to walk in, I'm going to qualify, and then we're going to focus on the next thing. Um, so after COVID dropped some weight, dropped down to 147 under the weight class, went on vacation, um, hit my deload week, ended up recovering from COVID pretty fast. I think probably because of all the 
the volume work I was doing. I, I think I had a pretty decent recovery. I was doing quite a bit of walking and cardio as well. Um, definitely gained back my weight over vacation. My wife loves to bake. So, um, that was nice. The, the recovery from being able to, to just eat and chill and, and enjoy time with my wife and my dog was, was fantastic for that. So I got back up to 150. That vacation really allowed me to kind of reset the deload. Um, just allowed me to reset my thought process around this meat. I told myself that I wasn't going to stress about it on vacation, got my deload workouts in, went home the next week, created a plan for openers and attempts and wrote myself a little, some little positive notes that I, in my computer, on my notes, um, that helped me turn my mindset around for this. I wasn't going to go in and, and, you know, just hit what I needed to qualify. I was going to go in and I was going to have fun. I was going to just start really conservative, hit first attempt, really conservative. I was going to start working on making bigger jumps. So I was more comfortable with them. I created a plan and I created a backwards plan for myself. And this is something I think that I have been missing. I don't know if anyone knows, but I've been training through Juggernaut AI, just been following their powerlifting AI. And I think these are the small things that we miss without having a coach are these moments where we can, you know, turn the tables around, do a complete 180, go from, well, it's just going to be a qualification. I'm embarrassed. I'm sad to like, it doesn't need to be that my injuries started started to heal out, um, except for when I came back to peak. I busted up another finger, but uh, I, I created a plan and that put me on the right path forward. And I think that was super important. That was a big pivotal moment um, in this prep and literally just writing down my attempts and what I wanted to do and comparing that to qualifications. Um, being realistic in the moment based on you know my triple numbers from the week before, what could I hit? Like, I know if I can hit a triple with a number or with a certain number, I can walk in and I could probably hit that, especially at the end of a, of a ramp up, you know, at the end of a block, I can probably walk in and hit that for an opener pretty easily after a week of recovery. I, I'll probably be okay. Um, and so I made that plan. Now, next week is peak week, first peak week. And so obviously I had this plan in mind. And I've built it backwards, so I have some ideas for what I want to hit on this peak week. Now, we haven't forgotten that I got COVID, and recovery obviously takes a little bit longer than testing negative, right? Um, something, again, I think we hire coaches for as reminders, um, but thankfully I have a wonderful wife who can also remind me of these things as well. Those numbers that I had planned to hit as openers moved like ish and it was two weeks after. So I didn't have enough recovery. I obviously like as much as I ate, as much as I slept on vacation, it wasn't enough. It was enough to turn my mental state around because, and thank God for that, because I think if I hit this wall here with the mindset that I had the week before, I never would have made it through. Um, 
so I decided to dig deep and we're, we're just going to keep going. I'm going to give myself another week to recover, make sure that I keep it honest to, to the rate of perceived exertions because overshooting at this point is probably worse than undershooting. Um, that's probably going to lead to more fatigue and less ability to complete my lifts. Um, but what did I go and do? I went and I definitely overshot the following week. Um, was on vacation in Maine visiting family and had a session where I just bombed some deadlifts. Couldn't even break the floor with, you know, 10 pounds less than what I hit a double for two weeks ago. Um, but it was just very evident that fatigue had sat in and settled in there. So um, I knew that I needed to change my plans. Look to keep it conservative on, you know, that, that final peak week. Failed my squats um, and knew that I, I needed to change, do a 180. I needed to change something, right? I was getting very frustrated and that doubt started to creep in again. So like, I'm sure you all can, you all can understand. Prep is a freaking roller coaster. You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, you failed, you've succeeded, you've surpassed your expectations and then you're back behind them again. And it's just a whirlwind. So um, what I've learned from all of this is that to just like, enjoy the process and to have fun and to not th take things too seriously because putting that extra stress on yourself actually builds more fatigue. The body doesn't know the difference between, you know, family stress, social stressors, or, or physical stressors. We respond to stress in very similar ways. Um, our bodies respond to stress in very similar ways. So we got to just manage it as it comes. So I knew that final peaking deadlift needed to be something very modest. I kept it very light, 330, made sure it moved fast, made sure I felt comfortable, but still tested myself within a boundary that was, you know, within those positional demands. But nailed that and finished out the rest of prep and my taper. That was important. Had to truly finish out managing all that fatigue and getting rid of it because I had obviously accumulated quite a bit considering I was not able to hit numbers that was I was close to hitting for doubles and triples before. I decided at that point that I needed to take my taper also very seriously and make sure that I mitigated a lot of that fatigue. So day one of that week, intensities were higher than I expected, but went through and kept with them, especially considering I had kept it a little bit more modest towards the end of the week. I knew that I still needed to maintain some strength. Um, so I kept the the intensity still at the higher end of the range that was given but took the reps to lower and really 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 focused on dialing in my setup i preach this so much like your setup will dictate everything if you take the time to lock everything in on your setup 
everything else will follow. The body is crazy at following habits and following patterns. Take the time in your setup to make sure everything is as you like it, everything set from head to toe, and then perform your movement. This was my goal, and I made sure that the process was the same steps every single time for that week. It did not matter that the, there was less than 50% in the bar on day three. My setup looked the same as it did on day three, as it did on day one, as it did on my peaking sets. I cannot express how important taking your time in your setup is. Just so important. So just take your time and create a habit, like create, create a habit loop or a cascade. Set your head, set your neck, set your T-spine, set your elbows, set your knees, set your feet, set your brace. However, whatever order you want to do it in, I, I tell people top down or bottom up, but whatever order it is that works for you, like find that pattern and just stick to it. And that was my whole focus that taper week. And I had someone say to me at the end, um, Amber, you were the most disciplined lifter up there. And I take that very deeply as a compliment because I put in a ton of work, a ton of work to make it very evident that I'm disciplined. The judges knew when I would make my movements. They didn't have to question. You'll see in some of my squat videos, I nod to let the judge know that I'm ready. But for the most part, it was so robotic and so disciplined that they could tell. And that's honestly how you get your pause call faster on your bench. Control the weight, show the refs that you've controlled the weight. If they can anticipate it, you're probably good to go. You're, you're probably gonna have luck on your side. You create that luck. But I literally just focused on making my setup robotic, making my movement robotic the week leading up because obviously these weights were not something that was like super incredibly taxing. I knew that my body needed to recover. So I needed to make sure that the intensities were lower, but I needed to also focus on something that would turn again, that mindset around and push me in the right direction leading into this meet. And I, it definitely got me on the right trajectory. So I ended up not PRing in a squat, hit two and a half pounds off my, my PR for squat, hit a 302.5, which was great. I wasn't walking in there looking to PR my squat. I wanted to um, push my bench and my deadlift a little bit. So stayed a little conservative there um, and opened up very conservatively, opened up with the same weight that I hit on that first peak week, um, 285, something I hit for a triple and it moved very fast um, and it moved well. So we made the jumps from there. So yeah, I ended up only putting like about 20 pounds, um, between a 10th one and a 10th three. My bench got a PR 187. Um, that was very exciting. I was mostly walking in here looking to hit this bench. It is two and a half pounds off my goal, um, for the year and for a big total. So, um, very excited about that one and hit a PR in my deadlift by three pounds. Um, hit a 363 deadlift. I'm gonna look to grow on that one a little bit in the off season. 
as well on all of them really i um i'd really like to pull pull a big squat at nationals so that's going to be my my focus there i also want to just mention um patria i could not have had this meet that i had without competing next to someone like her um to to hear her voice cheering for me and to know that like you have someone you're lifting against cheering for you is it's a different beast and i think that is a a good attribute that comes from powerlifting and from powerlifters in general um a lot of the times you, we're going you know toe to toe but we all tend to support each other and um that's what was fantastic so it was a, an absolute pleasure competing next to you um i would love nothing more than for us to train a little bit together and get after it um you know just hearing your voice telling me your weight um it was reassuring and it was it was one of those things that you know triggered me back to my sticky notes and you know it was like yeah you know what this is your weight like go and get it it's no one else's um so thank you patria um really appreciate it i will be in touch soon gotta get down and train with you um but yeah that was my recap uh met a lot of really great people made some great friends had some great times lifted a lot of iron and um you know learned a lot learned a lot through this process so um yeah if you're interested shoot me any questions if you want to know anything more about my weight cut um in general uh, i know my wife might have wanted me to talk a little bit more in depth about that but um we'll throw it in we'll throw it in we'll throw it in so at the beginning of the week i was sitting around 150 149 um so i knew that you know i was right on the cusp 148 is the weight class cutoff I wasn't too worried at all um, leading in. I, I definitely wasn't tracking, over, like, I wasn't being overly cautious until the week before. Um, but basically what all I did was, um, you know, I exchanged one of my meals that is a high-carb meal for something that was a salad and higher protein. And I just made sure to, to cut a little bit of my carbs out because... Um, we want to make sure oh, glycogen in the muscle holds water. That's gonna hold more weight. So if we can get rid of some glycogen by not consuming as much glucose and using those stores by increasing our cardio and, and training, um, I was decreasing my training, so I, I prioritized walking. I made sure that I was exchanging a high carb meal for a lower carb meal with higher protein and maybe a little bit higher fats. My goal wasn't to lose more weight calorically, it was to pretty much just get rid of a little bit of water out of my body in order to get down to that weight. Um, and that is because I've done a cut before. I've cut all the way down to 132. It's miserable. Trying to go compete after depleting your body for six weeks on end is horrible. It doesn't feel great. Although the numbers, like when you achieve them, the Wilk scores are nice. It's like, shit, that sucked. And like, I, like if I compare how I felt on the platform this this past weekend compared to every other time that I've cut it's been like it's night and day sure I was like just as nervous but like I felt like I had more in the tank I felt like I had clarity when I was walking off the platform to make decisions for my next jumps 
I, I felt like I could, you know, properly predict my RPEs because I was like fueled, right? So I was looking to only cut water and keep fueling my body. Now we do that by cutting out a little bit of glycogen stores. Um, and I did that slowly by just, you know, the first two days cut out a high carb meal, uh, third and fourth day took a, a little bit more carbs out, but I really only went under a hundred carbs. I think on Friday when, um, the day before weigh-ins and it was barely under a hundred, um, was mostly just looking to, to burn a little bit, but cut off water and, um, cut off salt on Thursday, cut off water. Friday midday or so, um, drank about a liter in the morning and let the, the rest do its job. So the, the idea of cutting out the salt too, is that salt brings water in. So we're looking to just dehydrate a little bit. Now my first priority, and if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw this was to rehydrate and that includes electrolytes and sugars and water. So I, I didn't eat at first, but I did make sure that I took a liquid IV, which has a little dextrose of so fast absorbing sugar. Um, and it seemed to work out well for me. I'll, um, you don't have to buy liquid IV. Pedialyte is the same way, um, has the same ingredients, also a great option. Uh, I was just so happened to be at Wegmans and they had a couple packets for sale. So I just grabbed them, um, instead of grabbing a whole Pedialyte. But I've done a Pedialyte before and that's that's definitely helped. But um, making sure you're getting your salt in. So I also did another salt packet, which has another 1,000 milligrams of salt and potassium and magnesium. We want to make sure that we're not just getting sodium, right? Sodium is not the only important electrolyte in our body. There are plenty of other ones, potassium, magnesium, calcium, all of these things you hear um, that have to do with the human physiology are important. So those were my priorities when it came to intaking um, liquids. And then, you know, obviously eating a normal amount. Um, I didn't want to overfill my stomach. Um, the, the feeling of lifting bloated was not fantastic, is not fantastic to me. So um, I decided to eat fairly normally, especially because I didn't restrict my, my total calorie intake across the week. I made sure to substitute some of those um, carbs with fats so that I wouldn't have an, a huge weight loss um, so that most of it would be water. But I ended up cutting down to like 143 and a half pounds or something, um, which was pretty nice. Um, but yeah, I ate very normally. I eat normally the day after I weigh in. I eat normally the day of the meat. Um, I try to eat foods that I eat every other day um, because those are the ones that tend to digest the best. Those are the ones that my body has the most practice digesting and using the nutrients from. Um, and it's all pretty pretty mapped out. I, pro I probably eat a lot more car, a little bit more carbs than usual. Um, do a little baggies and some uh, gummy bears, a little sucker for gummy bears. Um, but also shout out to Patria for the honey. That's a great idea. Gonna take that one up too bring some honey to some powerlifting meats. It's a great little boost before your deadlift. So, um, yeah, that's what I got for nutrition. I know probably Rachel wanted me to go a little more in depth, but if you have any questions, shoot them to me. I'm happy to be super transparent on this topic, um, and chat with you a little bit more about my prep. All right, y'all.
if you're still listening, thanks for tuning in. We'll chat soon.